Hey everybody, welcome back to The Hustle, it's John Lamoureux. Okay, it's another unseasonably beautiful night in Denver, so I'm back out on my front lawn. And this week we have a very special 90s British alternative rock twofer. We're talking to Saffron from Republica, and we're talking to Ian Pickering of The Sneaker Pimps. So let's start with Saffron. Of course, she's the front lady for Republica. Their song, Ready to Go, which you're hearing right here, is still omnipresent. It is in commercials, it is in uh, movie trailers, it's on TV, it's everywhere, still. And it deserves to be, it's an anthem, it deserves to be. So they are actually, they only put out a couple albums back in the day, and they're actually starting to work on new music. They have a new single out there called New York, which is really, really, really good. So Saffron comes on here to talk about kind of the whole history. What she was doing before Republica, which was more of like a solo career in the in the way of like Lisa Stansfield or Kathy Dennis, something like that. And then uh, there's Republica and then there's not much. These days she's actually a nurse. So we talk all about her being a nurse, which is wild. So anyway, um, I love these guys back in the day. And let's be honest, Saffron was super cute, still is. So I thought it'd be really interesting to hear her story. Um, she called me from her home in England. All right, first of all, I. I want to talk about the new song and the new plans and all that kind of stuff here in a minute. But in getting ready to talk to you, it looks like, are you a nurse now? I'm trying to imagine Saffron being my nurse. <laughs> that would blow my mind. You know? Yes. It's quite, it's quite a few years ago, I retrained as a mental health and social care officer as I wanted to go into nursing. Um, but I kept it private. And then suddenly lockdown happened, so I found myself uh, on the front line as a critical key worker in mental health, because my music also had been taken away, so that was my full-time 300, 400 hours a month job. And um, the yes, I am. Wow. <laughs> the so what answer. does a mental health nurse exactly do? Okay, so... Um, um, the people, uh, the wonderful individuals under my care um, range from, um, they, you know, they have different mental disorders, um, you know, from schizophrenia, multidisassociative personality, um, uh, severe epilepsy, autism, Down syndrome, and a few also have mobility issues, but mainly it's psych um, and um Yes, um, but um, I've been very lucky in that um, my place of work is um, run like more like a family home. So yeah. it's their home. It is not a hospital. Um, it is not medical or clinical in any way. Um, so I go to work in their home. Really? Yeah. So, yes, so they all, um, and many have been there all their lives. Yeah. 
So, yeah. And so um, then some are non- nonverbal and some are mute and some are selective mutes. So, um, yes, yeah, so I've learned uh, Makaton, which is um, similar to BSL, um, but it is a, a universal language like music um, to communicate um, better and to, to learn their needs so I can make their day happier um, Yeah, and be their companion, advocate and safeguarder. <laughs> that sounds amazing and it also sounds really uh, tough. You You have to, I'm guessing, have a lot of patience uh, patience. Yes, I've, I certainly people. learned that. Yes. yes I, I, certainly, they've taught me that. Um, and certainly, um, during the pandemic, more so than anything, yes, that you know, it, yes, of course, it, it was hell and it was traumatic and it was uh, very, very hard, but it was hard for everyone. You yeah. Know? Uh, but certainly, um, for people um, with a different mental capacity, um they some find found it very frightening, um, and so it's very important um, to help them because they were so scared. Because some they don't know what virus is, and they don't understand why. Um, you know, their brothers and sisters, or or how they feel that their other, um, you know, peers around them are, are sick, um, yeah. and and then of course they don't understand why they can't go out. Yeah. You know, then yeah. those gates are now closed. And that deprivation of liberty really, really affected them. I think maybe more so than us because we're used to our liberty, you know. Um, and for them, um, uh, so music, therapy, and art, and uh, you know, we tried to keep them. And um, um, well, all of us were all in it together because sure. <laughs> we were, we, we, you know, we were there with them all the time, really. Sometimes yeah. twenty-four hours a day, um, non-stop, and obviously in and out of the hospitals as well in the COVID wards, um, which was very frightening for them as well, you know. But, you know, um, uh, some um, have family and some have no one. And so obviously at that time, it's very, very important that, uh, you know, um, myself and um, my colleagues and all the um, wonderful, amazing (laughs) workers in the healthcare, NHS, Ambulance crews, um, first responders, paramedics, you know, A&E, triage doctors, nurses. You know, uh, um, I think people, the public have now seen <laughs> that actually yeah. how important, you know, that that there's this whole umbrella that holds up, um, you know, uh, the NHS here in the UK, um, which is free, um, free, free healthcare. Um, and it's not just uh, what you go in for. It's when you come out, who's going to pick you up and look after yeah, you? That's well said. Would you have ever guessed in 1995 when you're singing Drop Dead Gorgeous in front of thousands <laughs> of people, um, just looking as cute as ever and the it's the right moment and the, that sound is popular, that you would, you know, 30 years later be a, a nurse? Would you, was that, <laughs> was that always well, the plan? Yeah. No, it, no, it wasn't. Um, my mother, um, um, she worked um, uh, for over 20 years at a famous school called Chelly Heritage, which Ian Jury went to. Um, really? From the blockheads, yes. And, um, but it is um, a, a very famous school, residential hospital as well, um, educational facility for disabled, so physically disabled uh-huh. babies and children. And so I grew up with that, and okay. then I came from my mother 
while she was dying of cancer. And so at that point, I um, decided um, I didn't need to, but I wanted to. Yeah. That to relearn now. <laughs> yeah, now I now I understand even better because if that's the career your mom had that you grew up with and are used to, then of course you would gravitate to that. That makes total yeah. sense. So yeah. let me ask you this: how how much of your what percentage of your life now is made up of Republica stuff, whether it be shows or mm-hmm. recording new music, uh, mm-hmm. compared to the nursing? Well, um, um, obviously, um, post-lockdown, it was so important, you know, um, uh, uh, for me to get my band back out there. So we fought very hard um, yeah. because none of us knew when they would lift the restrictions. Um, so, um, you know, we, we, we got on, uh, you know, um, uh, a, a good start at, at the first ever festival called Pen Fest, actually, um, which is a wonderful uh, festival. You know, which uh, in itself got got a lot of um, press and media that it was the first one, um, and uh, you know, I even helped because I'm trained to do um, tests for people coming in, <laughs> and uh, just, you know, because it was still a it was still a situation where you still had to test everybody, of course, you know, for, for big crowds and stuff. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, um, up until, um, obviously, um, as you know, we've just released our new single, New York, um, so on Armala so Industry, and um, thank you, yes. and the new video, then if you've seen the video. I didn't see, I meant to, I, oh, I watched the video. <laughs> I've just streamed the song a billion times on Spotify. Nice. I will. I watch okay. it. Have a look at the video. Yeah. It's on YouTube. <laughs> it's Blade Runner on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what you want from Republica, actually. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, so that was great because um, uh, I got to collaborate again with um, my uh, wonderful husband and wife um, team and couple. Um, that um, um, of a film production company, Media Brighton, who had done the Christiana Obey video, but they're also musicians. And so it was great to collaborate with them because I already had an idea and an image, a vision of what I'd like. And um, so it's extraordinary. Uh, I mean, it's beyond extraordinary what they've achieved. Um, yeah, so I hope you like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, I forgot about that. So I'll watch the, it as soon as In we're the done. past few months, um, I've kind of stepped back a little bit um, but but also you know for self care reasons just to step back a little bit um, because it's um, 
physically and emotionally unsustainable to do both at the same time at the level to do your job properly you know so uh-huh. i do know <laughs> so is there more republica to come are you guys working on a new yes. album okay yes yeah, so we've got a new album um, and it's called damaged gods um oh, and God. and ironically we'd actually finished it well most of it and come up with the title before the pandemic, so oh. yeah, <laughs> how, how ironic. Um, <laughs> so it's been sitting around for almost four years. Yeah. Oh, much. so you you must be dying to get this thing out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so it it's um, yeah, we're so excited and uh, so many good friends um, and other musicians and bands have done amazing remixes and stuff. So they'll be coming right. out pretty soon. Yeah. Good. Um, and then what? And then and then do you do you perform then? Well, you be shows on weekends. Will you do festivals in the summer? How, yeah. Will you take a break from nursing to go give Republic a full yeah. time. Okay. Yeah. Um. I um. Last three months, I've um been doing Republic twenty four hours a day. Right. And, and um to get prepared. Um, everything, you know, the artwork, photos and stuff is so important to me, that whole, uh, it might be old school, but hey, there's nothing wrong with the OGs, you know, no, no <laughs> going, no back, going back to that vinyl and, you know, yes. uh, how important it is for, you know, the presentation of your music and your band yeah. and, you know, um, uh, you know, how you present your music is yeah. so important to fans, I believe. Um, so, yeah, we've got wonderful um photographs and, and, and artwork and video and um great yeah so i've just been doing lots of um we've done all, loads of headline festivals this summer which have been amazing we just yeah. did our last london headline show for the year which was which was super um yeah and we've already got lots of bookings for next year so That's great. Uh, which obviously you know we'll build up to the new yeah. singles and new albums so yeah, yeah That's it's fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. Do you live in oh, New Zealand? No, I live in uh, I live in Denver, Colorado. Oh wow! The yeah. bluebird. Yes, <laughs> the, the bluebird's right down the street from my house. No way! Yeah, we played yeah. there a few times. We love it there. Really? <laughs> yeah, we love the bluebird, man. <laughs> that is yeah. so funny. So yeah, yeah, you must yeah. have. Did you play anywhere else? We were else big in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, great audiences, man. <laughs> yes. I'm originally and, from and, Salt Lake. Led- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. What? Oh. And what? We've also played Utah. We've also yes. played Salt Lake City. Yeah. I'm originally from Salt Lake City, and I went to college there in the 90s. And I bought, wow. I remember buying the first Republica CD. And, uh, yeah. but I don't, I never had the chance to see you guys live. I wish I would have. Um, oh. Yeah, well, I don't well, know why. well, hopefully, well, 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 we're working very hard on hopefully getting back to play yes. some shows in the states. We'd so love to come back there because, um, you know, you guys gave us the opportunity all those years ago as an unknown British band to tour, um, you know, every town and city and state, um, and yeah, gave us a hit. <laughs> it was, and, it was uh, so good. Gave the opportunity yeah. to come back to our, our home country and 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 be successful here and and lots of places everywhere. So thank you very of much. Of course, of course. <laughs> yes, I remember buying that. I bought that CD from uh, Columbia House or BMG or whatever. You know the kind yeah. of 
13 CDs for a penny or whatever it is, then you got to buy more yes. throughout the year. That was that's where I got Republica back in the nineties. I remember it well. Um, okay, yeah, so we in America, yes, yeah, yes. So okay, here's we we touch on sensitively the business side of things, and I I was curious if you co-wrote "Ready to Go," which I, I assume yes. you did. Yes, that must that song alone must provide you with a nice bit of mailbox money because it's. <laughs> she's making yes, the side you. of the cross <laughs> i am thank you universe yes, yes because that yes. song is still i mean it's it's uh you know it's it's like walking on sunshine or one of those other kinds of songs that's in commercials and sporting events and movie trailers and you hear it all the yeah. time still it's never gone away i know we on we, we on the sea we you know daily we just we to start still overwhelmed <laughs> 25 years later you know captain marvel yellow jackets ted lasso you know yes. sports soccer basketball you know it, it, it it's um you know is it a, a cheer or diary in that film um the wind creek casino resorts uh chevrolet new uh advert. um you know um you know, yeah, it's it's quite extraordinary that um you know people like it and still play it on the radio all the time as yes. well and yes. all the sports and it's it um it, it it just shows also um the power of music as it transcends. So you know, folks, you know, um we even um a few years ago found this out we didn't know before but there's a number one roller coaster in Sandusky in Ohio called Cedar Point called yes. the Thrill Dragster now they've, they're, I know they're refurbishing it but um, for uh, many years um, um, it's a supersonics number one roller coaster in the world and it's like a city of roller coasters and <clears throat> I had no idea that every ride they play ready to go at the beginning of every ride when they get in the seat the people and I'm like oh I so want to go on that ride, you know, and like, so it's like, um, my cousins live in New York and they, you know, he did an email out to his company and they were like, Hey, not ready to go from the thrill from Cedar point. And like, you know, so it's like, you know, Hey, not like the Denver Broncos, you know, uh -huh, like uh -huh. when they're on the Super Bowl, yes. they're ready to go in front of Obama. And we're like, wow. And so people, might forgot, you know, they don't might not know well, but that doesn't matter yeah. because it's yeah. not about us. Yeah. It's about the song and the music carries on. Yeah. So people kind of associate now with Captain Marvel, their fans, and it's, it's really nice, you know, so that, I, that young generations and families can enjoy a song, and and you know, it, it's their team, and they go every week, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, it's uh, or their holiday, you know. It's remained evergreen all this time. <laughs> so. Yeah. I have, I have to ask. I mean, could you live off just royalties from Ready to Go? <laughs> That's a bit rude. That's a bit rude. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. I I, well, like I said, we. we yes, I could. If, yeah. if that's too much, you tell me. But I mean, no, I just you hear it all the no. time, and I thought I well, just. The thing is, it's not. It's not. Um. Um. The answer is yes, but um. All I would say, it's not a matter of living off. Because I'm I, I'm I'm a hard worker and a grafter. Of course you are. And You've I, chosen to be a nurse. I work every day, so I don't yeah. need to. Do. 
So, um, um, and certainly, I, none of us would, ne- you know, as I say, you, you look at the pandemic when music got taken away from everyone, yeah. everybody. Um, it may all end tomorrow. We, you know, yeah. we don't know. Um, we never um, envisage um, uh, it would have such a long life, and we're so happy. And and drop dead gorgeous as yeah. well. You know, yeah. the movie Scream, and you know it being a huge gay LT, LBGTQ plus trans uh-huh. <laughs> community anthem, <laughs> which uh, uh, you know nearly tongue tied there, but. Um, uh-huh. That and that's very important to me, um, because um very early on, um, that whole scene and the club scene in London um really embraced me, um, especially when I was first uh, trying to get into music. And our first ever residency was in Soho, which oh. is the region and it was at Madame Jojo's, which is one of the most famous um clubs there. And um, yeah, so we're very, uh, very grateful to to, great. to to all our fans and the communities yeah. that have uh, supported us still. <laughs> That's great. So I got to ask you, what what happened then with Speed Ballads? Because I actually prefer that album to the first one. Second, oh, well, I do. Speed Ballads to me sounds more like an alternative rock album. That's that yeah. feels a little more timeless. Um, yes, and because <laughs> it's less tied specifically to that kind of techno pop, yeah. pop sound, that, like Prodigy and stuff that was so big right then. So, what happened? My understanding is that the label went bankrupt or something, and so <laughs> the songs label like- went. The label, um, yeah, went down. Uh, the week is the release of the album. Really? Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very complete. Oh, you know, you couldn't have scripted such a worse no. tragedy. We just, you know, yeah, thanks. I get emotional. We just finished a sellout tour in the UK, and all our fans are so excited. There was a riot outside the Tower Records because there were no albums on, in, on, in the store. So... Just recently, um, and I've worked very hard for it over the years, but um, obviously after the pandemic, um, yeah, I worked um, with Music on Final and Sony, and we re-released on record, Independent record, World Record Store Day a vinyl. So there is vinyl oh, as speed ballads, and it's, okay. it's out. <laughs> good. It finally, um, I finally managed to get it out to the fans. It meant such a great, great deal to me. Yes, that album is so good, and I just thought, what a shame that. A band that 
burst out as big as you guys did with Ready to Go. Didn't yeah. have the opportunity, a true opportunity, to capitalize on that with a second album. And I, I think would have been even, I, th- I feel like it would have even broadened your appeal because of the, so uh, the diversity <laughs> of the sound. Yeah. 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 But it's one of those, you know, those sad situations um, yeah. that you have no control of. You're signed to, you know, uh, you know, um, a huge global company and, and part of that hasn't, for whatever reason, something, you know, a cog in the wheel. Yeah, yeah um, has, has has broken and to no fault of our own. Yeah, um, the worst thing is they didn't tell us. So, oh, so really? you know, we were out. Oh man! And then we just got this outpouring of, well, where, where is there aren't any copies on the shelves for us to buy? Yeah, and that hurt. You know, that really uh. hurt having to tell fans because I wasn't allowed to tell them why either. Oh, really? At the time, no. Yeah. I think uh, I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so let me ask so, you yeah. this then: what what stops another label? You've just had a huge hit. Why doesn't another label step in and say, "All right, well, let's go make a third album and we'll put it out"? Because they wouldn't let us go. <laughs> really? So, yep. I'm, deconstruction. That's the name. Deconstruction because, Records. Yeah. yeah signed you. In, yes. They're an indie label. That's. That's that was the issue at the time. Obviously, they were independent label, you know. So yeah. it was at the time when the indies were, ru- you know, ruling like creation and, and yeah. stuff. And um, you know, it um, and nude and 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 uh, Domino's and and um, you know, it um, and Heavenly Records as well. Yeah, so you couldn't it, you record know, for it, them because they're out of business, but they wouldn't let you record yeah, for anyone yeah. else and then, either. So the mate, and then so all these new people came in the major label took some and it just took forever and no one really cared and but it was like because we were there we weren't there we, we were the other people's band kind of thing yeah. and um you know sadly you realize then you're just part of a cog in this wheel even though you know we've done very very well for the company you know so yeah. it is it, it's um it's it was it's very very difficult um, you know, I even pleaded with them to, 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 you know, I even offered to, you know, we even offered to pay to get another, you know, um, manufacture, you know, another um, rollout, but no, it's too late. Oh, yeah, sadly. So but now, anyway, <laughs> on the positive note, yes, okay, Big balance is now available on vinyl. The yes. music on vinyl with Sony, and uh, also the um, the first album has been re released on vinyl in in all different coloured vinyls. Excellent. And um, I believe it's just it's just going to come out with flame coloured this time. <laughs> really? It's nice. Red, blue, clear. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> that's so, great. Um, mm. So let me ask you this: Were you because I know I know that originally you had started out as probably more of an actress, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, you start out kind of with your own solo career, singing, oh, I, I, uh, circles. Yeah. 
So before, yeah. <laughs> yes, circles. And yeah. what I think is really interesting about circles, which I didn't know until getting ready to talk to you, is that you seemed you sing in more of like a clear, like feminine voice. It's almost more like Kathy Dennis or Lisa Stansfield. Like that's what yes. you would have been prepped to be. And then Republica yeah. comes over and you become this like almost like a cartoon yeah. character in a way. Yeah, you no, know what I, I mean? <laughs> no, yeah. but the, they it, that was um uh Warner Brothers and and I absolutely at the time loved it because I got to work with Eric Cupper, Neil McClellan, um Lenny D and I, uh, you know, uh, and Frankie Knuckles, you know, so oh, I'm like Frankie. hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. I'm going to sing this tune, even though it's not really my type of, uh-huh. and, of, of vocal style or anything. But, you know, to get a chance to work with these guys, man, I'm going to do it. Yes. <laughs> um, but I'd also just, uh, Joe Wobble from Public Image Limited. To, uh, I'm, he and I are uh, emailing right now. I'm talking to him soon oh, in the next couple of weeks, too. to the Wobble, yeah. I will, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he helped me. We did a song together, which is called World of You, uh-huh. which is amazing as well. So... Yeah, and then um, yeah, so I I had some very great um, um, friends, um, and what with Andrew on the prodigy and Neil McClellan, and you know, um, learning my craft in the studio um, and the production wise as well as writing. Um, I just went, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do what I've always wanted and do do my own band. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me about working with the Cure because that video. <laughs> Uh, that video with you and Robert is just yeah. say yes for anyone who doesn't know that had to have been mind blowing It's, oh, not it, just, yeah. it's not enough just to go into a recording <laughs> studio and sing alongside Robert Smith, but you're actually in this video, the two of you, like, hamming it up for the yeah. camera. That has to be <laughs> surreal. Yeah, and, you know, growing up, as he's been one of my biggest idols yes. in the music um, and going, you know, and, um, you know, buying every single Click Your album and, um, you know, going to all of the gigs and just, just being... You know, so getting a phone call from him with a would I like to sing with him? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that was amazing, and um, also I got to be in the band, and um, I got I I played live in Paris with them. You did and, you went on yeah, stage with them? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, you know, listening to the soundtrack of my life. I was on the stage, going, "You got to remember the words, remember the words." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but you know, um, yeah, I can't explain what what That's you know great. on, on a, mm. Yeah. What about Jeff Beck? That one shocked me yeah. too. I didn't know about that one until getting ready to talk to you. Jeff Beck, yes. of all people. I mean, what a guy. I mean, and my friend Andy Wright, who actually, um, I don't know if you've heard the track Whiskey Jack on. Yes, on, um, I have. Release. Yeah. Well, I wrote that with Andy Wright, and Andy Wright produced Jeff Beck. And um, oh. I just went down there one day, and um, there's a guy, and he went, Oh, hi, this is Jeff. Like, this is Jeff. I went, All right, Jeff. And, uh, and then we just started chatting. And at that time, I had the mullet haircut from the cure. <laughs> and I went, oh, I said, well, look, we've both, we both got, we've, oh, we've got a good haircut. Because <laughs> I didn't know who he was. And then uh-huh. he started telling me all about Stevie Ray Vaughan. And I'm like, God, you, you know, look, oh, you know, you know, and he was, he was a really lovely man. And uh, I walked out the studio and Andy went, <laughs> you know, I can't believe you spoke to Jeff like that. But he absolutely loves you. And do you want to sing on his play album? I'm like, Jeff, who is Jeff? And I went, oh no, I'm really sorry. I hope I didn't, uh, you know, offend yeah. him. Really. He has not totally thought you would be like. <laughs> so I'm I'm really, really sorry. I'm so sorry. And he went, oh. He goes, I oh, love it. He goes, I love it. He went, come on, get in there, girl. Right. <laughs> get in there, girl. Do some singing. Hello, in what? That is great. <laughs> that is great. Heart. <laughs> yes. So why yeah. were you able, would, would you have ever been able, like in the later 90s, maybe after the band kind of can't do anything, to have gone solo or, I mean, you do all yeah, these extra projects, but did you not want to go solo? no uh, yeah i mean the thing is it, um i was very very lucky in in the fact that i, I suddenly got all the you know uh, you know it's like tempering it with i if i had gone maybe i wouldn't have had the chance to have be able to collaborate with the mm-hmm. cure you know prodigy jeff beck carl dj carl cox going a world tour with him um, you know, Junkie XL, Tom Holkenberg, you know, and I had a number one um, dance record with him, um, Beauty Never Fades, which was used in the Animatrix, the Eve Online um, theme tune. Looking for 
um, and you know uh, was the number one album in Holland. And he went on, and you know, you know, he, he you know, he did Dark Knight Rises music yeah. with Hans Zimmer, yeah. Alita's Battle Angel, and um, you know, Suicide Squad. Um, you know, he's he's done so Divergent, um, and he, you know, the new Zack Snyder Rebel Moon. Oh, yeah. I can't yes. wait for that. Yes. Yes. yes, you know, you know, he's done so well. He's a sonic genius, and so to be able to have had the chance to have co-written and you know, you know, worked with people like that, and and my other friend Andy Gray, um, who's extraordinary, um, uh, producer. Uh, I've written quite a lot of songs with him, and he wrote the Big Brother theme. Oh, and uh, yeah, um, and he also did uh, the uh, movie soundtrack to Swordfish for Halle Berry. Oh, sure, Jackman. sure. Yes, I remember and he's that. Just few, he's just done a few more films as well. Oh. <laughs> so, um, and me and in wrote Christiana Bay um, together, together, and um, and then um, and that's kind of like. Uh, you know, a few years ago, that that's when kind of um, uh, Tim Dorney and Johnny Glue, the other the Republican, it's like, come on, staff, let's you know get back and write. Let's do some more music, you know, yeah. more Republican music, and uh, go back out and tour. So that's that's how it all happened. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, I, you know, uh... and, and also, I, I'm not. I'm not a solo artist, you know. I I I love a band. It, even if I was a solo artist, you have had to be with the band, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, well, well, I don't, I don't want that. I'm just, <laughs> you cut, I mean, back in the 90s, you cut mm. such a striking image. You looked great. You sounded great. Your image was great. Your persona was great. I'm imagining somebody wanting to capitalize on this more, put you in movies, um, turn you into a model, make you a spokesperson for something, put out a mm. solo album, whatever. Were you getting yes. those kinds of, that kind of attention back then? Yes. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, you know, I, I had to choose carefully, uh-huh. um, obviously. But, um, yes, we did, like, um, you know, we, um, you know, we played for Versace live show in New York Fashion Week. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's like, okay, so the front row is Prince Lou Reed, Robert De Niro, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Naomi Campbell and Kate Moss are walking like this. Oh. Oh, this is live, and it was yes. absolutely phenomenal. And Anna Wintour from Vogue, it's like, oh, my God, this is a whole other thing yes. now. You know, and it was yes. really fantastic. And so, um, yeah, so, you know, obviously with the fashion and, and Bella Freud and Pam Hogg and Pastor and Death Squad. So I, I've done a few, you know, things with, with designers and, and, yeah. and, and I love, uh, as I say, I flourish working and collaborating with other artists and, um, you know, okay. and Gary Newman I've worked with, who's one of my Gary Newman? friends. Gary Newman, really? Yeah. Yes, him He's and Gemma. Yeah. yeah. And, um you know, um, yeah, I just really enjoy working with um, lots great. of other people as well. That's great. Um, okay, so <laughs> going back and listening to Republica, and I was thinking, I wonder if Saffron ever harbors any resentment toward garbage because no, God. Okay, <laughs> oh, because no, I feel no, like I yeah, know. Oh, I, mean, I love them too. Like I mean, queen. yes. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. We're good friends, man. Okay. She, I mean, she's the queen. Um, but Frig and all the all the other guys. We've played so many shows with them. We, you know, you know, yeah. we're sisters, man. You know, it, it was so important 
you know, eat at that time because it was, we finally broke through, you know, no yeah. doubt finally and Gwen broke through, you know, that glass ceiling because rock radio before then never played, you know, like, um, you know, strong lead female front singers, really. Right. Um, right. So, um, you know, it, so kind of that time in the 90s, um, you know, f uh, for no doubt to break through for garbage um, for ourselves. It kind of led the way, really, you know, obviously, you know, um, you know, as well, big fans of the whole and L7 yeah. and that whole thing, Bathing Toyland, Bikini Kill, sure. you know, so, so, you know, I think it was definitely um, uh, girl power, that whole yeah. thing. Okay. Thing. So no, absolutely not. <laughs> well, I just wonder if you see them because they're still they still carry on. I've seen them live twice in the last couple of yeah. years, I think. And yeah, uh, and I just think I wonder yeah. if you sit back and you're like, I spoke to her the other day actually. <laughs> you spoke to Shirley the other day. Yes, yes, that's I great. To, um, yes, yes, I spoke to her because she um, recently um, had an operation and her little baby oh. doggy. Yes, yeah, so so yeah. So, so I just um yeah oh. um yeah I adore yeah she she's she's um she's a super beautiful human being and she and, sure and, is. A great, and and an absolute uh, wonderful um mentor and, and yeah. icon so, That's great. You know. I just you too it just seems like you would look at their career and just think we could have had that exact same thing we look we sound similar we got a hot girl front woman we could have done we were around at the same time we could have done the exact that's same thing company, <laughs> i know that's what i'm saying yeah, it was, yeah that's just how it works but do you know what you know um like we we're saying before you know it's that thing where um you know if you go down the road of en envy or what if so or you know being jealous of people or something you know that that's no way to be um it, you know um and the what ifs you know it's like you know we've done you know achieved such a great thing anyway yeah. as a uk band and to still as you as you as you said before for our songs you know to be used everywhere still and to still yeah. be touring and headlining festivals and having a new record out you know we we can't we kind of overcome we, we overcome you know we did we yeah, overcame yeah. that so that's great that's true. It's a success story. Okay, so we have uh, we have Patreon supporters, and I always let them know who I'm I'm interviewing, and if they want to submit questions, they can. And yeah. uh, one of our supporters is Jake Rude, who's a prominent DJ over here in the states, and uh -huh. he wanted to know what your thoughts were or are on being lumped in with the Britpop scene of the '90s. He said, "Did it feel?" it helped at the time or was it more of a curse in the long run? And what's interesting about this question is that a couple of months ago, I talked to Sonia from uh, Echo Belly. Echo Belly, yes. Yep. And uh, she was on here and she there. I love them too. And they, they sweet, talked yeah. about how that, that label became kind of an issue. Maybe you didn't have this because the second album kind of put a stop to everything. Already become we'd already become successful in the states so we were going yeah. back yeah so um we, you know yes Britpop was happening in the uk at the time and it was huge but it it, it was 
everything but but actually you know um the actual pure definition of it was not absolutely nothing to do with any band like us because you know we're not you know yeah. it, it was kind of more 60s based sort of thing but hey you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's true <laughs> we were just we, we were just happy to have come back from the states and and uh be, you know have the same opportunities in our in our um you know home country and then go we went everywhere we don't care if it's brit pop france pop you, you know american <laughs> diet pop yeah. we're in yeah. you know we're there yeah hey yeah sonia was um <laughs> Sonia felt strongly that once the, it was just, everybody was kind of lumped. Every British band was sort of lumped into this genre. And then when the interest in Britpop moved on, the interest in the bands moved on. And so she, yeah. What were you going to say? But it's like, um, the, certainly, um, apart from my vision of the music at the beginning, which obviously everyone said I was crazy to try and do, because no one had done it, like to try and mix acid house, like electronic beats within the rock guitars and a punkier vocal pop. Yeah. Like, uh, successfully, you're crazy, because it's not genre-specific. And I said, yeah, but I don't want to be involved in any genre, and I don't want to be in anyone else's gang i've got my own yeah and because i know the minute you're you're you, you, you're fashionable or you're in or you know what I mean? you're part of the scene that yeah. scene's gonna come yeah. and go so True. we've always been our own gang we've always had our own scene and we don't need to be friends with anyone and but we want to be out there with our music and meet new people and hopefully they like our music but blessed on your I absolutely understand because I do know that has happened to yeah. um many UK bands um you know you know sadly yes you know and and and, and yeah and a few of them um I believe well the thing is that they're all really still around um, yeah. and so so it's not it's not that bad you know you yeah, know I true, mean you know point. your shed seven your cast the happy mondays i mean it's fantastic you know we um you know we um do festivals with them all the yeah. time so good. um you know and they're good friends of ours and actually good. um shed seven who who one of my favorites they um we did uh we did a big festival um uh, uh North, uh, I think it's called Cubic Sun and Times Festival, and um, Rick Witter from Shed Seven had heard I, I'd um, said on a podcast that was my favourite song um, of the nineties, and I said Tracing Rainbows, and I just said um, because again, even in that Brit pop scene, there was all this rivalry and all this, yes. thing, you know, and there was you know the Blur and the Oasis, and, and you know which are brilliant and, and Suede brilliant. And I always felt shed set, you know, I always felt they were like a little yeah you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. North set whatever. And I you know, but but so and he was really sweet, him and his wife. And and he said, Right, you and Bez from the Happy Mondays, take a maraca each and come on stage <laughs> and sing disco down with us uh, for the finale. And yes. I can't explain that that the like it must have been like thirty to fifty thousand. The crowd just went absolutely crazy. So you know, it really is. You know, whether yes. you think it's down or a bit for does it matter? All that matters is, is like it. You know, those songs still go still strong, everlasting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Now, yeah. okay, so I, I, this might be a sad question. I'm sorry, but I, you talking about. 
this era in music. And I wondered, considering you had worked with Prodigy, if yes. you knew Keith very well and what your thoughts on Keith are. It, it's sad because they had a number one album here in the States. So, yes, I mean, did. it was for a brief moment in time there, that sound that you guys were so deeply into well, caught I, on. I was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I'm on I'm on that album, The Fat of yeah, the Yeah, I know you are. That's why I yeah, was asking. Um, yeah, Duet, um, L7, Feel My Fire with Flinty. Yes, um, yeah, we were we were very close friends and known each other since we were 18 years old. And, um, yeah, so... Really? And Liam and Maxim and Leroy and all the rest of the guys... Um, and my friend Rob is uh, the live guitarist, and you know, I've, yeah, they're just my friends since I was a teenager. So, so what were your yes, thoughts? It's very, very sad. Committed. So, what, did you had he always had that kind of depressive tendency, or was it something that came later in life with career problems? Well, uh, yeah, you know, this is uh, you know, it's like Achilles' heel. It's like you know, you know, they called me up and they're like. Hey, Steph, we really, you know, uh, we've done this. You, yeah, I, I thought I'd scream into the microphone, and, and like, 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 we've done this song, and do you want to hear it? And we've done a video, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And the minute I, I'm like, oh my god, you're about to, oh my god, like, oh, you're about to change the world. Yeah, this is astonishing. They went, do you think? What, do you really think so? Do you think it's like all right? Oh. And I'm like, and then I just felt like an older sister protector, and I thought. Oh, I don't think you quite realise what's coming. You know, yeah. I knew this. You know, your life will is changed forever, and and sadly, um, yeah. Sometimes, you know, that You know, yes, success and it was fantastic, but you know, you know, for somebody's mental health that's not used to that, it, it can it was very hard for him. And um, he did suffer from from manic depression for many years, oh, and it man. was it was very very sad to the point where he said, "I've created monster." And it, yeah, you know, and I, and I I would try and you know say, to him, "But you haven't, dear," you know. And he said, "But yeah. I can't even walk, you know, go out." Oh, you I, know, I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah. Anywhere ever, you know, you yeah. It's just you <laughs> at one point, you know, the most, you know. Yeah, famous person in the world, you know, the most um, yeah recognized person right. from the world from afar, you know, even so, yeah, bless his heart. Oh, that's so, tough. Yeah, very, it's very tough. That's yeah. tough. Um, okay, wrapping up. I'm curious what when you look back. I mean, you've been. It's been fun to hear all these stories. I love hearing stories yeah. with people. Uh -huh. um, when you look back. What is just one of your favorite memories? Is it a show? Is it meeting a hero? Is it, uh, I mean, you played in the music business sandbox there for a couple of years and it talk about life changing like it did with Keith. Yours did too. What's your favorite memory from all of that? Oh, well, there's so many. This is the thing. So to have not just one favorite, um, to have loads of favourites, you know, it's like if you have children, you can't have a favourite. True. You know, it's like songs, you can't have a favourite one because yes. that would be unfair to the others. So, <laughs> <laughs> so all the, you know, I try and focus um, always on the positive. It's not always easy for, for yeah. me or anyone, you know, all the time. And, um, you know, obstacles are thrown our way daily um, and we never know what's coming next. So flow like water, my friend. Yeah. And um, ever flowing. And, um, 
yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm just blessed. I, I, and my brand are blessed uh, and honoured to still be in the business and to yeah. sustain such a long career and to have been so successful and to have a new record out. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I was curious. Last night I went and saw Depeche Mode in concert. Oh, and wow. It was... Uh, it was just one of the most satisfying evenings of my life. And I thought, I, I wondered if you're, of course, I'm thinking about you because we're going to do this the next morning. Have your, did your path ever cross with Depeche Mode? Yes. <laughs> I think you worked with Alan Mulder at one point, right? Yes. Yes, I've worked with Alan Mulder and his lovely wife, Tony Halliday, from a band called Curve, which was very underrated. Band I don't think I knew in... he was married to her. Really? Yeah. How did yeah. I miss that? I love I all that know. stuff. How did I miss that? <laughs> Anyway, tell but me yeah, the Peshmo story. Curve, you know, Curve really kind of the yes. first they came before us or Garbage or any. Yes. You know, and we're very, very much an indie um, band. Indie, um, and, um, yeah, and lucky very much to work with them and um, be friends with um, Alan Wilder, who's in Fresh Roads, that's really. Uh -huh. and, um, and I actually... Um, you know, I met Patricia Mode years ago as a fan, <laughs> uh -huh. and uh, which is really weird because years later I'm staying at their house at having at a party. <laughs> really? <laughs> and they're going, they, they, they like my music. So, you know, that's cool, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. That has to be surreal, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great to do some shows with them. My gosh, that would be a dream. Oh, that would have been <laughs> or fun. Simple Minds. <laughs> the simple Minds are yeah, like I mean, top 10 favorite bands of all time for me. I'm me. I'm me. I mean, you know, their the first few hours, I mean, for me, they changed my life. You know, from great things. Man, I travel. <laughs> I, was like, I just oh, talked to know. Derek Forbes. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yes, I'm a huge Simple Minds nerd. Huge. I'm a huge Civil Minds fan. I'm a, I've actually got Mick McNeil as a friend on my Facebook. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm also oh, friends craft work, but don't tell anyone. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think my band might have been a bit jealous because I, I threw that in the mix the other day. <laughs> oh, that's great. Ooh, yeah. you and I might have then, to talk again just about Simple Minds, just us, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I love sure. them. I love them. I well, love good. them, yeah. If you uh, talk to them, please tell them that we're available. <laughs> I will, I will. I'll pass it on to Derek right now. I, uh, <laughs> I've talked to Derek and I've talked to Mel Gaynor and i talked to Robin Clark, the lady who sang with them on the Once Upon a Time, but I've never been able yeah. to get Charlie or Jim to come on here. Close, no. but they've never quite agreed. Anyway. Oh, they're really sweet. I oh, know, but they're lovely. I oh, know. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I talked to oh. any. I talked to all their producers. I talked to the guy yeah. who wrote the book on Simple Minds. I talk about Simple Minds with everybody I can find because <laughs> I love them. I love Yes. Good, good. John yeah. Lucky, Trevor Lawrence, Steve Hillage. Yes, they've all been mm. on here. Uh, Steve Lillywhite, we've all talked about Simple Minds with them. Anyway, uh, well, Saffron, look, I I just, I thought you guys were so great back then. Thank and uh, it so made much. me sad that there wasn't more. And uh, I'm glad to know now, now that there is. <laughs> yes, that's what I was going to say. And I'm so hopeful. Check the video, check the video, John. I will. I'll watch it as soon as we hang up. Yes, I'm so glad that it's more, and you're getting this kind of second chance at it because you deserve it. You were a rock star. Thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Cheers, Thank my you friend. Again. Feel free to add me on Facebook or something like that. 
Uh, because you know you'll get you know if you want to find out anything or you can talk about more about simple minds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, and I'm, I'm going to send you a friend request who, right who now. Who I meet, who I bump into all the time. Okay, okay. <laughs> We're going to do, <laughs> do this. All right, there you have it. Saffron from Republica. Good stuff. Now, we're talking to Ian Pickering of Sneaker Pimps. This one's kind of interesting. So Ian is like the Bernie Toppin of the Sneaker Pimps, which it seems odd, but that's what it is. So the sne- I don't remember the n- names of the guys who started the Sneaker Pimps. But when they started their band, they were thinking about what they wanted to do, and nothing was clicking, and so they hire Kelly to come in and be the lead singer. And she scores them hits like this one right here, Six Underground. Well, this song was written by their friend growing up, Ian Pickering. And uh, they kind of were struggling for lyrics. Ian's a really good writer, so they go to Ian and ask him to write some songs, and he does. And they have hits with it. Well, after that first album came out, the guys in the Sneaker Pimps sort of decided that they weren't comfortable, this is my understanding anyway, I could be wrong, they weren't really comfortable with being a band that was led by a woman. They felt like that put them in a box or that categorized them in a way that they weren't comfortable with. So they they let Kelly go and then they went on and kind of did their, old, their other things. And they're still out there, but they never reached that same level of, of uh, popularity. So I don't know why they did that, but they did. So anyway, Ian, uh, you would think when you write a song as big a hit as this one is, that that would just make people line up to want to work with you. And it didn't really happen that way. Ian's a very normal guy. And these days he has a new project that he's doing. It's The Noise Who Runs. And uh, they're kind of like a synth pop sort of gothy band. So anyway, this is his story of what it was like for him being called in to do this kind of work with the pimps and then uh, what he's done ever since. Different story than what we're used to. He called me from his home in France. I want to talk about the noise who runs in this new project of yours. I find it really fascinating, but I want to kind of, let's talk about sort of how you earned your bona fides first. Because my understanding is the guys in, in, uh, in Sneaker Pimps, Chris and Liam, are starting a band and they need some help writing songs. And they ask you because you grew up with them. Is this right? I mean, that's probably a really simplified. Yeah, at a basic level. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Liam and I, our mothers were friends because I was born in the same hospital on about four hours apart. So they were already friends and Liam was born and I was born. And and we we did a lot of stuff as sort of 11, 12 year olds up to everybody went off to university uh-huh. uh, and, and I always did the lyrics. That was my thing. I would just sit at home and write lyrics in books, notebooks. And, and Liam would turn some of them into songs. And, and then when the opportunity came, Liam, he just, he's quite loyal. And he just said, I'm going to ask Ian if he can help us out with the lyrics. Uh, Chris had come along somewhere when we were about 15, 16, you know, to whatever we were. I think Liam and Chris did an album, did a, no, they did a demo. Okay. Around university time when we were about 1920 and they took it to a record company and they said, well, it sounds like your third album. And they then went back on this discovery of, you know, white label acid jazz. And eventually they became, 
it became the Sneaker Pimps' first album, and they just needed a lot of lyrics. So let me ask you this: This is the part that I'm kind of fuzzy about. Were you and then were you an ambitious songwriter or musician on your own? Were you? Did you have intentions of becoming a solo artist or in your own bands, or were yeah. you just a buddy of theirs that had a notebook full of? lyrics or poems or whatever and they thought i know a guy well i mean of course they knew you but let's call him he likes words yeah no i mean that is that is mostly my thing and at the time i it was something i always wanted to do but uh, you know i'm quite a procrastinator and i'm quite lazy (laughs) are we all i'm still quite lazy yeah, so uh, and I was I started doing things with a cousin of mine, uh, one of my younger cousins and his friend, both good guitarists, and they were very into music, and we liked the same music, the the time the Mondays, the Stone Roses, Depeche Mode, all this. Right on. And, and so it was going in parallel, and then they had the opportunity. Uh, they found Kelly, and they had the opportunity to the record deal with one one little independent uh-huh. not 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 the original name because that's uh-huh. not good now uh yeah <laughs> but it's a shame it's a catchy name i don't know yeah, it is. <laughs> one little indian it's fine yeah it's yeah. fabulous you know yeah. but there we go uh so they got the opportunity and i i, I, I they just it, they, liam just wanted to give me the chance if it wasn't going to work it didn't work but it it just worked very well my understanding is that Six Underground was called something else, and it may have yes. been on a like an original tape of demo or demos or something. And the the label liked it, but they wanted some tweaks, and that's one of the things you worked on. Uh, Six Underground, I think Six Underground was what the song that the record company were okay, we're going to have yeah. this band, uh, and it was originally called Earth Blues. And it was what we just used to call dummy lyrics, I think, you know, just for the sake of the melody and the phrase. Yeah. Um, I think Chris and Kelly had come up with something, but it was just off the top of their heads. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's the one that took me the longest. That's the first one I started and the last one I finished. That took I just couldn't get ahead with it. I had everything, and I just couldn't start it. And if you can't start it, there's no song. So, and then you thought, well, I know, let's talk about being, let's talk about death. Let's talk about <laughs> being buried. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, that's kind of my thing. Liam would tell you that, yes, sure. his notebooks, his notebooks from 12 year old. There was a line <laughs> in there, some song called The Watcher I had. Um, <laughs> I think the line was, happy people drag me down. <laughs> I'm 12 years old. What is the matter with me? You know? Weren't we all that way at 12? <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, yes. So it's a natural disposition. Okay. The level of happiness is kind of lower. But we, I, uh, yeah. I, I can totally relate to that, Ian. I, I have the same, the same issue. So let me ask you this. When you hear Earth Blues or whatever, does it still have the like one, two on it or the uh, boom? But those big, does it sound anything like what we're used to, or is it just sort of it, a some familiar pattern? It it sounds it it sounds pretty much the same. Oh, really? There's some extra okay. bits on it in it in a raw form. Yeah, the beats, uh, yeah. the samples. It's it's all the same, just a different just a different set of lyrics. Okay, 
And then what about uh, like uh, Spin Spin Sugar? Because that was another hit, not as big in the States where I am, but uh, over there it was a big, big hit too, right? You co-wrote that too? Yeah, that was. A, I had that title for a long time, and it was a strange piece of music. It, um, Liam and Chris said, "Look, nobody's going to listen to it." We called it the fast forward track, <laughs> and so there was no faith, no faith in the song. But you know, sat out in the garden and had this phrase "spin, spin, sugar" for a long time, which Joe correctly identified to bass. Larry said, oh, yes, it's, uh, it's basically you stole the title from Stone Roses. I went, well, yeah. yeah Sugar Spun yeah. System. It just it <laughs> came. Uh, <clears throat> but it was also, it was based on, you know, the idea that with disabled people, uh, they don't, they're not spoken directly to. Uh -huh. So if someone's in a wheelchair, you ask the person with them, oh, uh -huh. does he take sugar? Oh. Uh -huh. You know, and so yeah. it kind of all fitted in like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, that. But that surprised when we went and we played the final songs to the to the record company. They basically said, "Okay, there's only one of the last four you gave us that's it's a hit. It's only uh -huh. one that's got a hook." And we thought oh, Tesco Suicide. They think Tesco Suicide's going to be big, and it was Spin Spin Sugar. And we walked out of the meeting going, "I, I, I don't understand." <laughs> <laughs> what, what are they talking about? You know? But it's their job. They know what's going to work hey, more than whatever. the artist, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. speaking of Tesco suicide. not spelled like tesco's this this the grocery store but is that where you're thinking of what what is a tesco suicide 
Tesco, I mean, that was Liam and Kelly came up with that theory doing oh. some shopping while they were recording. And they just, they, they started, you know, they started prophesying that sooner or later you'd be able to buy suicide kits in Tesco. And as always, Did they spell it differently just to like, uh, because Tesco, the store would have come after them. Uh, I think that was the fear. They, yeah, you yeah. know, they, they do have a lot of irrational fears about what might come back at them if they say something. Yes. Uh, so, okay. You so know, tell me this. They probably will. They sell everything. From Sure. Sure. Yeah. So tell me this. Six Underground becomes a huge hit. You still hear it today. I mean, it's been played 50 million times on here, over 50 million times. Has it not just been on the crown or something? That's what I mean. <laughs> that's that's it, what I understand. I don't watch the I crown. I haven't watched the new season of the crown yet, but it's probably on there. But I mean, you still you still hear it and it still sounds fresh. It hasn't lost a step. Yeah, yeah. How does your life change? You co-wrote that. You have you yeah. probably still get really good mailbox money from this. Yeah, well, it, it helps. Yeah. It helps, you know, it gives the it it gives you the occasional little treats, whereas really everything at the moment is just for the supermarket and the rent. You know? right, right. It's not an easy time for anyone. But no, well, basically the first thing, I was I just moved to Birmingham in nineteen ninety-six. And I've been talking about this project, which was all finished. Uh not really in any way. I was, you know, but I was excited about it. And I think nobody believed me. Everybody oh. thought, oh, yeah, yeah, there's a kid who like, wants to be in a band, this long-haired guy. Uh, it was a big shared house with about 25 other people. It was a mansion house. And then suddenly Chris Evans, Radio 1 DJ, picks it two weeks running as his song of the week. And it was all over the radio just as everybody's getting up. And suddenly they believed me. Yeah. And everyone was knocking on my bedroom door saying, wow, I heard your song on the radio. And it's like, oh, oh okay. I, was a bit I wasn't I was lying. Believe yeah, me now. No, yeah, no, it was, <laughs> it was stunning. Yeah. It was. And then everything kind of took off. Obviously, I wasn't in the band, but suddenly it's like, oh, you know, you can. we've got tickets for you to come to the Reading Festival, yeah. tickets to come to Glastonbury. Wow. It was It's like vicarious celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's nice. why I think your story is so odd because, <laughs> you know, most other people, it's like you're in the middle somewhere. You're not a Bernie Toppin, but you're also not quite an Elton John either. You're somewhere in the middle in a way. It feels like, you know what I mean? And yeah, or, no, no. So yeah, does, yeah. because my understanding is, I don't, they, maybe they had their reasons, but. After Becoming X comes out and plays its, you know, it does its thing, they don't, yeah. Liam and Chris apparently don't want to be known as a band with a, as a female fronted band, yeah. right? And so they, they sack Kelly and they go about, they do another album, Splinter, yes. with the two of them. And Splinter's a good album too. It's just different. And, and it's not, yeah. Kelly is the thing that made them sort of different and interesting and unique. And they decided yeah. they didn't want that anymore, so they cut it out of their band. But I think you are. I mean, do they take you on tour? Do you play something on these albums, or are you just there as like a song doctor? 
No, I'm literally, they just give me, they give me, they give me the song when they want the lyrics, when they, uh, sometimes they have lyrics and I just have to tune it and finish it off. So you, you know, are the party topping of the, yeah, of yeah, the essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, the, with the Kelly stuff, you know, I, I believe there was some issue. All my information comes, you know, I think sure. it was all happened out. Basically, I think somewhere in somewhere along the line with Virgin America, uh, something got said by Kelly oh. about the vice president. Oh. And this kind of ended the relationship with Virgin America. Got it. Okay. And I think everything had kind of built up. And there was some, you know, Kelly wrote songs, you know, she's done many albums now. Uh, she's got a great look. She's got a wonderful voice. Yeah. I think there was just, they didn't want to, as far as they were concerned, this was an artistic project that they were, they were the music. Yeah. And I was the lyrics and it became something of a conflict. Okay. So I think it just went its separate ways. Probably not the best, probably not the best for commercial success because it suddenly became it's like starting over but you people do what they do i don't i don't really see it was ever my it's not my place to interfere with the project no i just I get do it. my I thing get it. really yeah so you don't i mean do you play an instrument i can play i, I play enough to make my own music okay so that's uh, okay so we're getting there so okay so you what do you do on splinter do you, they have you write songs Nothing. on that one? Uh, Nothing. Yeah, we just we no, we worked all the lyrics. It's basically okay. that's much more where where I more or less did most of those lyrics entirely, just my inspiration without so much lead from them. Okay, because I thought I read somewhere that you toured with them and played bass, and I thought, ah, uh, yes, eventually because Joe had. Joad uh, didn't want to do it anymore. He had his own projects. Okay. Liam had too much. He had too much responsibility at home because I think his, uh, his second daughter had been born. Okay. And he's just so there was Dave and Chris, and he was like, "Well, we can get someone in, but we could ask Ian because he's the lyricist." Yeah, yeah. And it makes more sense. So I was supposed to play the bass. I played the bass on the two songs I could manage in the time. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of it, I took my Juno and I, I did everything on the Juno yes. because I'm much faster with, you know, the guitar is great, but I'm a bit, what's the word? Well, I would, I'm a bit cack-handed. Got it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Got it. I, I have big chunky fingers too, and I've never been good at playing <laughs> yeah. the guitar or anything because I'm just not dexterous or whatever the word is back the, uh, on yeah. that. So, okay. So let me ask you this then. I know frontline assembly comes around <laughs> too, and, and I'm going to ask you about more about that in a second, yeah. but when you are a co-writer on a hit as big as six underground are, and you're just the songwriter are other known yeah. bands coming to you saying, we want some Ian Pickering on our songs. What can you do for me? <laughs> Ian P is spaceman three or renegade Soundwave or happy mondays uh, or whatever are they coming well, to you saying ian come work your magic with us whatever that is no nobody nobody's nobody doing, you know, i would have loved i would have loved to have done you know i would have loved to have done all those bands yeah <laughs> nobody 
No, no, nobody. Nobody came knocking or anything like that. I had What? one phone call. I had one phone call from a guy, an, uh, an airline pilot, who wanted to write a song for the Eurovision Song Contest. And I, and I, I declined. And I think about four years later, it was, it was his song that he didn't win. <laughs> But, <laughs> I'm just I, imagining I if, like that, you know. if I'm a band, if I'm an ambitious band that wants to get somewhere, I'm scrolling through the liner notes of every, of all the big hits. Who wrote that? Who's on that? Who's six underground. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's everywhere. Ian Pickering. Let's get Ian to come work with us now. You know, well, I don't know if it's too, I don't know if the, lyrics are too kind of particular or too too dark or too ah. cynical and i think people like people like to write their own lyrics i guess you know somebody somewhere right like you know but i it's a shame because i you know i genuinely is the one thing i'm sure yes. of and proud of i'm a really good lyricist in fact yes. everything else is secondary to that i'm not you know but with the words i spend my life to do this yes yes uh, uh that's just kind of that's shocking to me it's a it's a shame <laughs> that you didn't get a million phone calls from a million other bands wanting some ian pickering on their music so okay oh, yeah. so after sneaker pimps i mean what I, I'm just, are you just still in the, are you, every day you wake up and you go out in the garden and you write lyrics in your little notebook and, and sneaker pimps hits, but like, are you holding down a regular job? Are you a, are you? oh, what's your I, regular job? At the time of, at the, the first three sneaker pimps albums, I was, I was an education journalist. What is that? I'm just a journalist, but I, but it was on education magazines. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I did that. So uh, writing, more writing, right? More okay. writing. Yeah. Journalism. I think journalism is what really kicked up the lyrics in. Okay. It kind of, when I did that course, uh, I did a year's journalism course. And that was the time that Christmas after the first semester, Liam, spoke to me and he said we've got a chance and i want you to do the lyrics and i think the journalism really helped that's interesting i got my degree in, from college in journalism as well i was going to be oh. a i was going to be a newspaper reporter and this was 20 over 20 years ago when there were still newspapers around and now yeah. you know so yeah. it was kind of a worthless thing but whatever that's what i did too Yeah. yeah, you can't do that. And then you find out that, oh, it's going to be, it's, it's very hard to get a job on the big papers. It sure know? is. Yes. So, you yeah. Know, you end up doing some corporate magazine for like a supermarket. <laughs> wow. But the education thing was good. It's a hot topic. It's a political yeah. football. So, wow. you know, just, just being in that process, you read yeah. all the newspapers every day. It's a lot of good a lot it feeds you it okay. feeds your mentality to write the lyrics you know so so how then does the frontline assembly bernie toppinism work out uh a mutual friend of bill lieb and mine a graphic designer she you know she just suggested that it would probably that my lyrics would work really well with uh -huh with some of their songs now obviously they do a lot of their own lyrics but sure you know, they sent me 
a couple of, they sent me a couple of songs for, is it, whatever the remix album is called, is it Echogenetic? I don't remember. Maybe. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I did two songs off that, and then on the next album, they asked me if I would do some more. I think I did four. Did you write Wake Up Coma? Wake up the coma. Yes, yes, that's that's yeah, that's a very old sort of title that I had. Really, and they sent me some music, and it just it kept coming back into my head. So okay, I will go with this. Yeah, and yeah, it's very it's very nice when they name the album after something you've written. That's it's right. Very, that's right. It's very cool. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that was literally just like that. You know. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's just a friend introduced us, thought it would be a good idea, and uh, it worked very well. Crazy. So somewhere yeah, along the line, the you yeah. moved to France, I think probably to chase a woman, right? You, you're in love with someone and you moved to France. Yes, that is exactly. Isn't that why all men do the crazy things we do? You know? I think, I think everything is to do with women. Yeah, men are awful when it comes to that, you know? Yeah. You sell every friend out in the pub. You have a boys' night out. As soon as a woman appears, everyone's against each other. Yes, yes, it's true. It's true. I've been married for 20 years now, but my son is a teenager, and he's learning these, these, uh, the ins and outs of this kind of diplomacy. So, are you? Did you? Are you still with the woman you moved to France with? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Job, Ian. Yeah, no, it's no. I'm, we're very happy. Good. You know, it's uh, it's all very good. In fact, good. you know, so that's cool. Okay. Uh, and here, I well, I'm in. I'm an Englishman in France with very bad French. So <laughs> basically, I, I teach English. Do you really? I teach English at a language at a commercial language center, and I and I work three mornings a week at the university. The local wow. university. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, you know, so yeah, it's, it's worked out pretty well because England was getting very hard. By yeah. Brexit, I think, kind of uh, made a lot of things more complicated. I, it was, it's, from my perspective, it was very complicated. It was very hand to mouth. Yeah. Um, you know, you always had to move for the jobs. It was always a short term contract. I was never getting settled. And I just never made enough money to pull myself above treading water. Right, right. You know, it's, it's, somebody really fucked up that country, you know? Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. We, I know how this feels, Ian. We're experiencing it in our country now, too. It's yes. not good, is it? No, it's not. It's uh, suffocating every day. They're um, going to okay. impeach Joe Biden? Whatever. This is a ridiculous <laughs> maneuver, no? Yes, it is. It's a... It, Let's uh, 30 seconds on politics. Yeah, it's Republicans <laughs> who are a bunch of idiots and scumbags <laughs> wanting to push back because the Democrats tried to do the right thing in impeaching the prior guy who is a known criminal yes. and con man. And they're like, oh, really? Well, then we're going to get you back. And uh, they try and impeach Joe, which yeah. uh, look, and here's the other thing. Democrats, if Joe Biden is a criminal, then get him the hell out of there. None of us care if he's if he's truly guilty. Get him out. I don't care. But yeah, this is yeah. not about right and wrong because if it was, you would be angry about your guy. You didn't yeah. want him out. You just want retribution. That's not what this is. You know. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm getting on my soapbox here. But no, you're absolutely right. To you know, <laughs> it's so everyone frustrating. seems to be sleepwalking. Oh yeah. No one yeah. really cares about Hunter Biden or Joe Biden or no no Republican cares about that. They just no. want to get they just want to fight back. And yeah. uh, because if it was really about whether somebody did something wrong and the rule of law and keeping things fair, they would have they would be impeaching their own guy, but they don't do that. So anyway, whatever. Yeah. They're a bunch of freaking no. idiots. I hate them. Um anyway. Absolutely. Sorry, slight tangent there. No, no, so no. let's talk about the noise who runs then. So you, this has been a project of yours now for a couple of years, and it's fascinating music. It's sort of this, I mean, it's keyboard-driven, synth-driven. It's almost a little dark and gothy, probably more like Frontline, but it's not industrial. It's not hardcore like Frontline Assembly. I'm trying to quite kind of put my finger on it, but this is your, <laughs> what made you decide after however many years that it was time to attach your name to your own band and make uh, new music? Well, I'd, I'd, well I'd, I'd done it a lot during the Sneaker Pimps period with my cousin and 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 his his mate, well, our we had a we were a, a three we were a three piece band, uh, so we did a lot of that for about five six years. Uh, what was the name of that band? I don't know that I even know about this one. Transporter. Really? Uh, and you put out we, albums as Transporter. We did two demos, two EP demos, and then we had an album in 2005 which we just put on a cd and and sold at the venues okay. i don't think i don't think i've ever even put that online anywhere yet huh. which is silly i should just put that on banking with the rest of the stuff but it was that way it started out a traditional you know we got a drummer and a bass player it started out a traditional kind of guitar band and then it kind of evolved into using loops and yeah. sort of and or some pre-recorded beats and triggers and everything. Uh -huh. And so it became just vocals, guitar, and Rich, who was barely, he was there with the mixing desk and trigger and everything was happening, playing some guitar, playing some keyboards. Uh -huh. uh, and so we did that, but eventually it, you know, it kind of fell apart when I went, the last Sneaker Pimps tour, when I went to play on it, 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 we kind of never got back to the level 
That's too uh, bad. Commitment to it, you know, and and you know, in fact, I think the other two they kind of thought, well, it's probably not going to happen, and they were getting married and having kids. Yeah, yeah. And so that kind of ended really the same time as the sneaker prints took a very long hiatus. Yeah. And I was trying to do stuff, but I was drinking too much for oh. a long, long time. I mm. I had a big problem eventually with alcohol. I eventually quit six months after I moved to France because I was in a nice environment, uh, very supportive. And I managed to stop, and I haven't Good had a drink you. in nearly seven years. Good for you, Ian. Are, are you in a program, or is that too personal a question? No, no, I'm not. I'm not in a program at all. I've been seven years it took me to stop. <laughs> I, and I'd been, I'd been in, you know, the fellowship, yeah, you know, and it's very useful. I met a lot of interesting people, sure. but I think I spent too much time trying to understand why I was drinking, and eventually it was like, well, you know, understand that you understand the psychology of it, you understand this, you understand the triggers, but still it happens. So deal with yeah. the one problem and yeah. stop drinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it was almost as soon as I made that decision, any kind of desire went away. It was, it's almost miraculous because that, for seven years, I, I was hating myself, you know? Yes. Yeah. And I, and I figured I'd wasted enough time. So it took me about six months for my head to come back together properly. And I just, and I just began writing a lot of songs very, very Good quickly. for you. So you yeah. quit cold turkey eventually just yes. on your own power yeah and i think i just had a lot of support and i and i had a lot to lose now because i was very happy in france i was very happy yeah. with emily and everything so good for you wow yeah, thank you thank you yes man i was not expecting that that is such a great story no, so thanks. okay so then tell me now your guy in noise who runs felipe goes go I, well, he's Brazilian, so it's Goes. But okay, I that's like what I. That it's yeah, Goes. it looks like Goes, but I'm sure <laughs> yeah. that's not how you say it. So yes, that's what I wondered about. So is there something unique about meeting him or pairing up with him where you thought this is our new thing? We, let's let's start this band and get really serious about it. Uh, I think I I basically had I had such a lot of songs, um, and I I was looking for some people. I'd found a guy to play the bass, but in the end that didn't work out longer than a year. Uh, but he's a great bass player. He just doesn't have the time. Uh -huh. you know, and he moved further away. But Philippe, he got a job at the language school I was working at. Uh, and I'd never seen him before, but just as I was packing up my stuff for the day, in walks this kind of long-haired guy. And, he, and I said, ah. Oh, and we got talking. I said, do you play guitar? He said, yes, I do. And I said, oh, I, I, I have a band. I didn't have a band. I had a bass player. <laughs> but, you know, that doesn't sound good. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, and, you know, but it's a, he's Brazilian. Uh, I have a son who lives in Florida whose mother is Brazilian. So and I've always had a fascination with Brazil, basically because of Pele and football when I was a kid. <laughs> Yeah, so, I love their music too. Yes. Yeah, so it just made sense. 
uh, and it's and you know we get on really well. He's very yeah. laid back as as I think this is par for the course in Brazil. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of very relaxed about punctuality and many things. <laughs> Yes. Island time. I, you know, so yeah, I know like, Brazil's not an island, but it's sort of tropical. Yeah, so I love them together. Way. Yeah, it feels yeah. that way. Yeah. So yeah, and it's, and it's not you know he's not just he's not just a guitarist on this EP. He's, he's just embraced the fact that there wasn't a lot of room for guitar. It didn't so it wasn't working. So he just dragged out the keyboards and the pianos and added it to what was there. Who's so, singing? Is that you singing or him singing? I do all the singing. Really? So this you weren't normally a singer, Ian. Is that is that kind of difficult for you to like get your true voice out there? Find it? Uh, it was difficult to find it again once I gave up drinking. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounded like Ian Brown at the end of end of the night trying to do <laughs> I Am the Resurrection, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. I love Ian Brown. He's fabulous. Me too. I know what you mean, though. Yes. That's a tough song to sing, especially with Squires banging his guitar (laughs) at 15 or something, you know? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there's an album. Speaking of how to. Breeder Retrospective. Yes. Did I say it right? Yeah, you said it perfectly. Okay. Every time I listen to it, I'm I'm kind of reshaping it in my head. Um, this came out this year. I mean, there's 14 songs on here and you had had a couple of EPs previous to this. So where do you go from here? If I remember correctly from something I read, you guys want to go on tour, but you got to figure out how do we even do this? Who's playing? What, what, what are we going to do? Yeah, that is a, that is a, is a headache because we we can do it just as the two of us, but then that's a whole lot of trying to get the technology to work uh-huh. it's 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 probably not difficult <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's probably not difficult but I, I, i'm a very lazy man <laughs> <laughs> and and i think really the songs the songs are going to be better with a with a with an actual drummer with an actual okay. bass player and people if we can float around different things you know it's it's yeah. going to be more it's a very malleable thing to do the songs we want to play and just have keyboards and and sort of loops or yeah. just have a full band. It has to be a mix of the two. Yeah, but then and, you have to but then you have to pay these people. And you have to go play to enough people who where you make enough money for it to be worth it for everybody. Is it gonna is that in the cards, do you think? It's I think it's I think touring is not really on the cards for the simple fact that how am I supposed to it's 52 years old if I quit my job to go on tour for a month who's going to employ a 52 year old English man in print (laughs) a lazy one at that well yeah exactly you know someone someone bare minimum kind of employee Because my head's always in the music. Uh, I know, I know, I know, man. I'm 50 and I have a regular job too, and my head's always in the music too. I get it. But I'm not a musician. Lille, I'm just in it, thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, but Lille, Lille is in the north of France, on the border of Belgium. Uh, it's a very big kind of railway hub. If we can pull it off with two people stripped down, 
we can basically travel anywhere in Europe Good. on a train and do a gig. So we Good. could do kind of spot one-off gigs. Yeah. And that's kind of the idea that we're trying to work towards now. Okay. Uh, because well, it, it would be nice to, to step yeah. out one more time. Sure. And to make this, yeah. these songs fully realized. I want to ask yeah. you about a couple of them because I want to play bits of them in here. Takes, takes a long, cold look and then the kitchen sink. You write songs with the strangest titles, Ian. like a long title i think that's yes. it's, it's a habit picked up from the manic street preachers or something <laughs> i love you that know. too what does oh, that yeah. even mean <laughs> takes a long takes cold a look long and then the kitchen look. sink well it's that you know and the, oh you it's like when you're going on holiday and someone says oh you got everything oh and the kitchen sink yeah and i kind of used it as the kind of weird detachment of 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 the all politics, but English politics, because at the time Boris Johnson was was at his worst behaviour, popular uh -huh. though he is, you know. Uh -huh. But and I kind of figured that all these people at the moment, you know, they're kind of killing everything with austerity, uh, laying down laws and guidelines which they don't need to follow, and it's like okay, so everyone is struggling. But, you know, so they're going to take a long, cold look and then they're going to take the kitchen sink and they just don't care. So he's kind of trying to express that. Yeah. I, I, uh, anything, yes, I'm with you on all of that. I want to ask you about another song here with a crazy title, Sunglasses Before Water. What in the world does that mean? 
<laughs> sunglasses before this is it's a question of priorities really uh i mean i'd love those lyrics to that i can't really remember them so much but yeah it's a wonderful crazy set of lyrics but sunglasses before war i was leaving the house i was on my way to work it was the summer and i left my sunglasses and the water on the table and i was out in the street and i went ah. i didn't bring my water and it's very hot and I came back to the house, and when I was on the metro, I realized that I'd still left the water, but I was definitely wearing my sunglasses. <laughs> so, so the priorities. It's <laughs> oh, so funny. Okay, yeah. last one. New York to LA in two and a half minutes. To be the death of kings in words. To hear it in the long If somebody's not hurt Then you're losing somehow Name the time, name the place I would meet you anywhere Anytime, any place you're not That's the name of a song. What's what's the yeah. what? Are you imagining was, a future where you can get from one to the other in two and a half minutes? That yeah. Keep in much, mind, I did. I listened to all these songs. Obviously, yeah. I'm ready to to talk to you, but I didn't know them at, at before, so I don't have them memorized as far as what the ah. meanings are. These are just ones that stuck out at me. You know, ooh, I like that. What is that? What a weird name. You know. Yeah, it basically uses the idea that. I, uh, the title came originally from I was watching an uh, astrophysics documentary, and it's some distance. Know. Some distance you would travel, and it would be well to get there to this distant star. It would be the same as traveling from New York to LA in two and a half minutes. So, oh, okay, and I kind of just used it. I, I kind of used it to say that all the technology and the speed of the travel and all the inconveniences that we seem to strive so hard to avoid is the inconvenience and the journey is more important than the destination. Yeah. Pretty much well, that. That is yeah. perfectly said. Yes, yeah. it is. Well, Ian, uh, thank you for chatting with me. I just thought you would have a really fascinating and interesting story. And I was right. Thank you oh, for thank you. thank you for chatting. And I mean, I don't know where this project goes, but if nothing else, it sounds like it is a freeing creative outlet for you. And I can tell from talking with you, if you've had a notebook full of lyrics for most of your life, you need a creative freedom or a creative outlet. That yeah. we all do if we're remotely creative, but you've got one now, and that probably feels really good to you. And so I'm glad that you do. Yeah, and um, you know, no, there's uh, there there's already there's already three albums waiting to be completed, and two me albums. But the new songs keep coming, and I yes. keep doing the new ones, and everything. Get eventually in my head now. 
the album that was supposed to be first, which was stopped because of the pandemic, uh-huh. this is going to be the last thing I do. <laughs> and then I'm going to try and write a book. <laughs> hey, just keep it going. But uh, as I say, I'm a very lazy man. So a book is three minute pop song is fine. But <laughs> you know. Well, good. Well, thanks for chatting with me, Ian. I, I really, it's really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure, John. Thank you so much. All right, there you have it, Ian Pickering. So that's an interesting story too, right? Different than what we normally have. You would think, like I said, the guy that writes this big hit would be totally in demand, and yet it didn't work out that way. And I, I don't know if that's because they didn't know how to reach people, they didn't know how to reach Ian, or because sneaker pimps went in a different direction. I really don't know. It feels like a missed opportunity, if you ask me, for everybody involved, to be honest. So anyway, I want to close it out with another song of theirs. This is called Half-Life. Ian co-wrote this, and it's on the second Sneaker Pimps album, Splinter, that we talked about in here. It's really good. Now, as I mentioned before, weeks ago, we're having a string of British, big British guests these few weeks. And next week is the last one, the fourth in a row. And it's... This guy probably is to the basic... Well, he came up in the conversation earlier. Uh, he was His name was mentioned in this in this episode. He is to his interest, interest instrument probably what Budgie is to the drums. I probably gave it all away. You can probably tell what it is. But anyway, that's what's coming up next week. Huge thanks, as always, to Jan the Man Makevich, my right-hand man. Um, as I mentioned before, guys, we got tons of bonus material in the can. And unfortunately, Jan's been too busy to put it out. Hopefully some of it will be coming out soon. I really don't know. I'm waiting just like you. Um, you can send a message on our Facebook page. You can like our page. You can send us a, tw- a tweet on Twitter, at the Hustle Pod. But I think I mentioned earlier, I finally deleted that from my phone. So I'm not on there hardly ever anymore. It's for the best, my own mental health. And then you can email us at the Hustle Pod. By the way, we still haven't recorded our recap yet, but we're going to do it soon. I normally love to hear from you guys to count down your favorite episodes of the year. So if you're listening to this and you haven't done it yet, email us, whatever, message us, tweet us, whatever. Give me your list, or of, if it's a list, of your favorite episodes of the year, at least the top one or two, okay? Anyway, thank you, everybody. We love you. Notice no one's time.
Don't think I 